welcome. Welcome. Hello. To Peculiar Northwest. I'm Sandy. I'm Sam. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. It's been almost, it's been a month since our last show. Things have been a little crazy. Yeah. Um, I had a birthday. And then it snowed and, it and we snowed. couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't leave. It wasn't worth it to leave our houses and work and what have you and everything. So I have a little precursor to our show. Do you? Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just got my braces off today, my adult braces. And I have a little bit of a lisp going on because of the rich, the thing they put behind my teeth. So, so you'll hear it a little bit today. It's, yeah. It, it, Sam notices she's getting, it. She's getting better. It's as the the hour has progressed, she's getting better. So. The lip, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Yes, dip. you must enunciate everything. The rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. It's the S's. Yes. But it's getting better than it was a few couple hours ago. So anyways, if you hear that... Sorry, not sorry. Yes. That's... Hey, what are we talking about today? Oh, yeah. One of our favorite things. It's actually... I think the case is really interesting. It's D.B. Cooper. Dan Cooper. D.B. Cooper. Pooper. Scooper. Who are you? Do, do, do. Who are you? D.B. Cooper. That's my D.B. Cooper song. You're welcome, everybody. Don't steal it. I wrote it myself. Um, well, how, we're going to split it up. Sam's going to tell us the like the story and the crime, and then I'll go over some of the suspects. Yes. And um, I'm excited because this I'm is too. a big case. And I mean, I, I would be weary if anyone told me they didn't know anything about D.B. Cooper. I feel like it's one of those things that everybody knows about. So, um, Well, it was in the movie Without a Paddle. Remember, they all try to... Wait, there was another more popular movie, too. Uh, didn't it star one Tom Hanks? I believe it was called Catch Me If You Can. But is that about D.B. Cooper? I don't remember, but isn't it? No, I don't think <laughs> not, so. But doesn't have this, like, along the same lines? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, producer, can you fact check this for us? We have no producer. We don't have a producer, but we need someone to produce us so they can fact check and kind of chime in on their microphone and tell us if we're crazy. So anyways, let's get into it, guys. So basically, let's take you back to 1971, Ooh. a simpler time <laughs> when there was no um, TSA. Airport, airport security. Airport security was very minimal. Uh, November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, a man checked in named DB Co- or excuse me, Dan Cooper. Yeah. He checked into the airport and he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get on this plane." He had a black rain jacket on. Wait, do you know how much that ticket was? It wasn't very much, was it? It was $20. So it was a, it was a ticket from PD, it was PDX yeah. to Seattle, 30-minute trip, um, flight 305, Northwest Orient Airlines, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist anymore. No, maybe it's the word Orient. It, that could be it. So he boards the aircraft. Um, he sits in the rear, he lights his cigarette, orders a bourbon and a soda. Yeah. He's a cool guy. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you when you were saying what he was wearing. Okay, well, I'm just going to continue that. Okay. Um, he was wearing, um, a black raincoat, uh, penny loafers, a dark suit, a colored shirt. 
Do they know if there was an official penny in the loafer? Oh, they didn't mention if there was a penny or not. You know what? They did not. Um, He had a black clip-on tie. So, you know, once again, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Because he wears a clip-on tie. Yeah. Actually, that was probably for, like, easy removal. So he didn't accidentally get, like, choked when he was jumping. I know. Like, flying. Everything he did had to be precisely planned. Black coat, black loafers, black suit, Cadillac, (laughs) DB's a time bomb. You rancid fans out there will know exactly what I was just saying. I don't. <laughs> so, obviously, Sam. Um, okay. So, he boards the plane. He basically tells the steward yeah. is that the air waitress, they don't like it when you call them that. Don't call them that. Air waitress? <laughs> air waitress. I didn't know. <laughs> um, so, he hands her this note that says, I have a bomb. And she doesn't take it seriously because she thinks it's just him handing her his phone number because he's mm-hmm. a creep, probably because he's a cool guy. Cool guy. And she, she's probably had that happen before. Yes, definitely. So then um, he tells her, you'd better look at that note. I have a bomb. So she looks at the note. It was printed in neat letters. Um, basically, he asks for $200,000 yeah. in cashola. To be delivered to the Seattle airport when the plane lands. He wants four parachutes. Two of each kind, but I don't remember what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, he wants them to refuel the plane. Yeah. So they do this. They land at the Seattle airport. Yeah. And they do all this for him. They let out the passengers. Well, I heard that. Well, I read a recent, that none of the passengers knew what was going on. It was really just like the stewardess and the the crew. Yes. And so the passengers got off as normal. Yes. Which is weird to me if you're like holding the plane hostage. Too. Right. So the other passengers got off because they thought it was a delay for mechanical yeah. difficulty, but it wasn't. So the it was actually the president of the airline who authorized the payment of ransom and ordered his employees to cooperate. Which seems so scary to get back on a plane with someone who has a freaking bomb. But they did. Yeah, like and, to cooperate when mm-hmm. you could get off. And it took um, it took a while for this all to kind of happen. They um, circled the Puget Sound for two hours so that the FBI could like get there and stuff. Um, and basically that all happened. They got back off the plane. The plane took off again. So he jumps out of this plane. With his parachutes. It is a crazy stormy day. Yeah. Or evening at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And none of the crew knew where he went or where he jumped. He just kind of did it on his own. And And it was flying from Seattle to Reno. Yes. And he jumped out somewhere in there. They're not really sure where. Yeah, they really don't have any idea. But there's like, there's definitely obviously tons of theories where. Yeah, they had cabin pressure change. Mm-hmm. And the 727s at that time had like stairs that came out of the rear, the aft, mm-hmm. they said. Mm-hmm. So like you could just like walk down the back versus the normal exit. Like side exit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would be too obvious. Yeah. So the flight attendants and everyone on board, you know, they were, he was very mild-mannered guy. He wore sunglasses on the second trip. Yeah. He put his cool guy glasses on <laughs> to actually hijack the plane. Um, they said he wasn't nervous. He seemed nice. He wasn't nasty. He was calm. Um, he ordered a second bourbon and water. 
and apparently paid his drink tab. He paid it? Yeah. And attempted to give... Um, that makes no sense. And then attempted what? to tip the uh, sky waitresses. Um, <laughs> that makes no sense that he paid it and was paid then a ransom. I know. it's, But maybe, I guess... I'm including that in my ransom next time. Right, but if you think about it, he's a nice guy. He's living, the, he's living his life. He's just a normal guy. Well, I mean, all these people that... Maybe. Right. So he wants to, like, tip the waitresses because he put them through literal yeah. hell. But he wants the money from the big corporate mm. airline. So, I mean, I get it. I get why he was, like, trying to help out the little the, people I didn't there. know that. Yeah. Um, After he... So they land in Reno. And they he's not in the plane. So they don't know where he's at. And it creates this huge, like, aftermath for the FBI. And... um of a lot of things it's actually their only case where they don't know the hijacker was in the u.s and so it's like the only open slash close you know they've closed it recently but not because they found anything is they've had nothing substantial so that's really interesting to me you know like they really have no idea where he officially parachuted out they know that he is a guy mid-40s yeah guy yeah that's it. His name is Dan Cooper. Or at least in... Where did the DB oh, come yeah. for? Was that like an accidental thing in the it FBI was. files? No. It actually was in a paper. So okay. a paper accidentally published DB instead of Dan Cooper. So there's oh. nowhere that he's DB Cooper in the actual files. Right. And so this paper published it, and it stuck with it because... It's kind of catchier than Dan Cooper. Oh, for like sure. DB Cooper is kind of like a mm-hmm. catchy thing. And they even retracted it and said it's actually Dan Cooper, but it just it stuck. Yes. So um throughout the years it's just been, you know, DB Cooper, but the FBI files are Dan Cooper. Yes. And what I think is really interesting is um there this case has so many conspiracies so they closed it in when was it july july 2016 they're officially like just stop it guys this person means nothing anymore yeah but they are still like if you have they i think they said if you have concrete evidence Mm -hmm. we'll look into it but we will not reopen unless it's done yeah so i think i mean because this is like every year something new happens. oh totally and it's actually pretty crazy I, it's 40 plus years that it was like open, right? Right. And, and to never find who this person was. So the conspiracies are like big, like wide, wide and far. It just wide is and far, deep yes. and far, you know, yes. vast. Um, they, there's so many. And a reason why is, um, again, it's the only hijacking not solved. The profile of Dan Cooper, Mm -hmm. is all over the place. Mm -hmm. So the FBI first investigated, um, they investigated, like, paratroopers and people who have very intensive knowledge on skydiving. Basically someone who could survive a jump out of a plane. Yeah. And and so that was their goal. Mm -hmm. However, then they changed it up again, and they're like, no, he must have not been knowledgeable because the money that he was given was in 20s and not like hundreds so that made the weight 
25 pounds versus like five pounds is what oh, I heard. I didn't even think about that. And, that would make a big difference. And then I even heard that he requested 20s. So I've heard two. I've heard that he requested 20s as well. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the other one that he didn't because why would he request 20s when it, co- when it weighs more? After skydiving. They probably did that on purpose. Yeah. They wanted someone to come out and be like, I didn't request 20s. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. (laughs) They like, yeah. That was a big thing. He requested four parachutes. There was like two different ones. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why four parachutes, but the one that they say he actually used can't be guided. Yes. And and so you just kind of open it and you go. go. Yeah. Yeah. And then... did he request... Four parachutes. I have no clue. Maybe he... And he only, like, took two of them with him, right? He, like, left two others. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no clue. Maybe he knew that they would do something with the parachutes when they gave them to him, so they he, like, had was able to go through them. Mm-hmm. It was very confusing. Yeah. He had to have known what he was doing. I... I so, my, here's Sandy's profile of him. He knew what he was doing. The other reason why they think that he might not know is his outfit. He was, like, dressed for work, like at a professional job, right? not to skydive, but who knows what was under it? Like, did he have long johns? He could have had like an outfit on underneath it. I know. And he took his tie off. So there was some planning there. Obviously, (laughs) that clip on tie mattered. And this tie has been like the thing of massive research. So they've tried to do like DNA on it and pollen and all of this thing to see where he was from. Mm -hmm. And so... That's, they were able to lift some fingerprints, but they don't but know. They don't know whose they are, yeah. so it's not like it would matter anyways. No. Um, I think real quick, I would like to talk about three suspects that are like my favorite suspects. Okay. And then, well, actually, scratch it. I'm just going to do two because they're my two favorite because both of them are probably not in because they both confessed on their deathbeds. Yeah, there's. That's the thing is. The the suspects range from one of them was like a transgendered woman to yes, a that, yeah. family murderer, okay. you know. So we're just going to go through a couple like different ones and just They might about. be some of mine too, Sam. Yes. So, well, yeah, you you go. Yeah. No, you go ahead and tell me and we'll, we'll talk about that person. Dwayne Weber. Oh, he's not one of mine. Okay. So good. Dwayne Weber was kind of one of the like original ones. Um, he was a World War II veteran. He served time in prison, from, at, at, off and on from prison, uh, from 45 to 68 for burglary and forgery. So he's already, you know, a criminal. Yeah. Um, he's going to do something bad. Oh, and side note, it's not really a side note. So the guy, the Dan Cooper, is supposed to be in his 40s in 1971. That's right. And so there's a lot of people that, like, don't fit that at all. And I saw a lot of World War II vets. Right, and, and Korean War vets mm-hmm. because that would fit that yeah. age yeah. too. So he, Dwayne Weber, World War II a veteran, served time in prison. Um, three days before he died in 1995, he um, made a deathbed confession to his wife, I am Dan Cooper. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know who Dan Cooper is, dude. Okay, cool. Bye. And then <laughs> later she told a friend Bye. about it, and her friend was like, uh, you need to go look that up. So she went to her local library, because it's 1995, and researched D.B. Cooper and read the book, read a book about him. Yeah, there's tons of books written about this. And, but listen to this fantasticness. She, in that book, she found notations in the sidelines written by her husband. 
Oh, in the library book? Yes. So he had obviously... Like, read the book. Read the book and wrote in... And really was yeah. interested. So he... Yeah. If, if, if he's not Dan Cooper, he was really interested in the case. Mm-hmm. And she... Re- so then this kind of brings back some stuff. She remembers him um, having a nightmare where he talked about jumping from a plane, um, leaving his fingerprints places, an old knee injury that incurred by jumping out of a plane... <laughs> Um, Weber drank a lot of bourbon and chain smoke, but I mean, it, was the it must be him. I know, right? Um, Don Draper. <laughs> uh, she remembers a time that he took a trip to Seattle in like the late seventies and walked along with a river, which later, you know, a couple months later, that kid had found a ton of cash. That was buried. the Columbia river though right, too. And right. that, that wasn't a couple months. That was years, was years later. later. So it was about the same time as this. Yeah, so four months after he um, decided to take a trip along whatever river. Oh, so um, they think he went and buried it. So uh, four months later is when the kid, Brian, found the ransom cash in the area, which we know is the ransom cash because the serial numbers fit the money that was given. So that actually, that's a very important thing is we did find some money. Just a couple, like two like bundles or something. $200,000. No. And that's one of the things. So there was the money was in 20s and it had designated serial numbers to be able to be tracked. Yes. So the FBI eliminated Weber as a suspect in 1998 because his fingerprints did not match anything on the hijack. He just liked it. Yeah. So anyways, that's him. He just was like so cool. Let me do the next one then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Richard, Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. The real McCoy. That was one of yours. So this one and, um, one other make me think it's him. It could be, I think it's Richard Floyd McCoy or the, a different one if the, our list of suspects are correct. Um, I actually agree. Yeah, I mean. So um, before I go into Richard Floyd, they want, if, if he survived, they, they need some evidence. Like they need a, that cash to, so they see the serial numbers or some kind of picture with him and the money or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if he's dead, they need the body and the cash. Yes. So it's like a big, they need like the actual evidence yes. this time. So anyways, Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. is considered the copycat hijacker. And this was... Yeah, this is big. Yeah, so this is months after the um, D.B. Cooper... One from Portland to Seattle. Mm-hmm. He, F- Floyd McCoy, McCoy, Richard Floyd McCoy, we're going to just call him the real McCoy, um, hijacked a plane and it was like West Coast still. So I think San Francisco to Seattle mm-hmm. or Utah, I don't remember. And it's a Boeing 20, 727 that has the rear stairs just like the last one. Yes. And that's one of the big de- deals is that you know, he knew the plane and also demanded four parachutes, but $500,000. He upped the ante. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so in the tie that was left on the plane, the original one, there was like a mother of pearl clip. Right. Right. His family said that was his. And, uh, McCoy has denied this completely. He has 100% been confirmed for this copycat hijacking that was like on its way to Utah and jumped out and he used the same parachute. However, they have no credible evidence that it was him for the, the Portland to Seattle one. And they have credible evidence that he was in Las Vegas 
during the Portland hijacking. Yeah. So, like, right. it, he really will, could just be a copycat. But here's what I also think. He's kind of a trickster. He definitely was um, a, a guy who was an expert. Like, he was a Green Beret helicopter pilot. He knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a dum-dum on your hands here. And um, two years after he was charged with this copycat hijacker, he escaped and died in a shootout with the FBI. <laughs> so, like... This is in the 70s, he dies and everything, and yeah. they don't have anything else, but that's very, very similar to what was even um, just happened months ago, and he could have been like, hey, I can do this too, and if they have credible evidence he was in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. then obviously it's not him, but I just think but... that's a really interesting right. suspect. And they even, like, wrote a book called The Real McCoy, and the officer who shot him said, I just shot D.B. Cooper at the same time. Oh, so, you know, mean, yeah, but they've not, again, not been able to say it, this is The Real McCoy. So that's an interesting suspect. I, I, I could get behind him. Who's your next one? Also, well, um, the only other one that I was going to talk about is Kenneth Christensen. Okay, I looked at him, but I didn't. I don't have him on my list. The only reason is because he's the other deathbed one. So then I'm going to talk about him, and then you can talk about. The I have other two ones. more. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Kenneth Christensen, he signed another deathbed confession that he is DB Cooper, the Deebs, his brother, his own brother, <laughs> thinks it was him. Um. After he watched, after he watched a documentary about D.B. Cooper, he's like, "OMG, that's my brother." Yeah, and um, like, who does that? Come on. I don't um, know. Would you turn your sister in? What if you didn't like him? Who? Yeah. Or law is above family to you? You know, like know. that's an ethics I'm just conversation piece. I'm no narc. <laughs> what are you a knock? I ain't no knock. Snitches get stitches no and end up in ditches. Oh, no. Well, Lyle Christensen is our rat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kenneth Christensen, um, he was in the Army in the 40s. He was a paratrooper. Again. The war, um, the war had ended by the time he was deployed in 1945, but he still did training jumps. Mm -hmm. um, he still knew what he was doing. Um, he joined the Northwest Orient Airlines as a pilot, or not a, not a pilot, a mechanic in the okay. South Pacific, and um, also became a flight attendant. Um, he was based in Seattle at some point. He was 45 at the time of the hijacking, which would have been perfect. Which is right about. he's a little shorter than described. D.B. Cooper was described yeah. as being uh, like 5'10 to 6 foot, and uh, Christensen was like 5'8". And also, they described him as thinner than um, DB was described as. But, I mean, sometimes our memories aren't the best. That's what I... Okay, so yeah. when you're talking about the, the weight and height, mm -hmm. these pictures that they share with the photos, like, how do they... So much of this is going off of the testimony of... The witnesses. Right, exactly. Which they've proven can be very skewed when you've been in a traumatic yes. incident versus this. Yes. You know, like, I wonder what they 
why they choose to go off of this. It's so only. funny, actually, reading some of the, like, flight attendants' accounts, though, none of them seemed like they were in fear for their life. No, because you said he was a nice guy. He was, like, nice and calm the whole time. Yeah, wanted to tip him. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still not okay, but... Mm-hmm. So, um, he had a love for bourbon. Once again, you guys... Everyone, everyone like, in the 70s. He was also... Christensen was left-handed, and um, there are some theories that D.B. Cooper was left-handed because of the way his tie was clipped Mm -hmm. on. Um, uh, So, after... Well, after the hijacking, Christensen bought a house with cash, which is... Who buys a house with cash... Um, And then in 1994, while dying of cancer, he told Lyle, there is something you should know, but I cannot tell you. The family members, Lyle and the family members, discovered some gold coins and a valuable stamp collection, along with over $200,000 in his bank accounts, which he didn't really have a reason to have. Um, They found a bunch of Northwest Orient news clippings um, prior to the hijacking. And... Well, that's what I found interesting. That one, it was like the news clipping stopped after the hijacking with this one. Yes. So later on, um, some internet sleuths, because we love web sleuths, they uncovered that Christensen did not actually pay for the house in cash. He had a 17-year mortgage. Um, (laughs) Debunk. (laughs) He had sold off a bunch of land that he apparently had, and that's why he had $200,000 in the bank. Debunked. Debunked. but yeah, so that's pretty much it though. But I mean, he fits the rest of the profile. Yeah, that I could see it He's being someone convincing. who works at the um, airlines. Yeah. Because they would know it. Did you? So this there was, was a, only like last year, the Alaskan airline guy who was a mechanic. The one that um, pulled out the plane from SeaTac from Seattle. Yes. And it was a smaller boat, like Horizon plane, and did like a barrel roll. He crashed it, and though. Died. And died. That was actually pretty crazy. He they was, called him Sky King. I know. He was on, like, a suicide mission. That story's very interesting. <laughs> I, when it, yeah. That's, that's well, I was in Washington when that was going on, too, at my dad's. <laughs> and um, you could hear the fighter jets coming. And they, they did trail the plane they a little did, bit yeah. with DB, with Dan Cooper, too. Oh. Yeah, they had fighter jets, but they couldn't trail it as far because of the... the um, how high they were, they were lower than normal. Right. And so I think that's so funny. They couldn't get up too high or you couldn't jump out of the plane. Exactly. He, and I, that's why I think he knew what he was doing because he had some really significant specs of, like, for the jump itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so funny. Yeah, that, that Kenneth one, I was like, it has to be him. But then they debunked the home and all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is two more that I want to talk about. One is Walter Recca. I believe that's how you say his name. Um, There was, these are both recent ones. 2018, they had some news updates on these ones. Walter was a military vet, um, Michigan native, and he was part of the Michigan parachute team. Um, A former friend who was a commercial airline pilot named Carl posed Walter as a suspect. Um, and in 2008, Recca, Walter Recca confessed to um, being D.B. Cooper to Carl, his friend, and notarized a letter to him with the details of the story saying he could share it after he dies. 
that Carl could share after he died. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then also um, Carl asked Walter if he could record any of the conversations they've been having mm-hmm. and in 2008, and Walter said, yeah, go ahead. And he gave new details about the hijacking that the public hadn't heard. So that's all it said. It didn't say that these details were correct or not. Right. right. So I don't know. <laughs> I know how, like, they'll hold back evidence right, so that exactly. the specific person. He also confessed to his niece. And um, what I think is interesting is there was a huge press conference in May of 2018. And I remember even um, calling my coworker, who's Australian, and being like, have you heard of D.B. Cooper? He's like, no. And I said, apparently they're saying they found him, and there's, like, a huge press conference going on. I remember seeing this last Uh year, and he said he watched the whole thing and was, like, super interested in the case and everything after that. But um, yet again, the case has been closed since 2016, Mm -hmm. so two years before. And so they have no concrete evidence that he did this. Right. They have people listed as suspects Mm -hmm. across the board. But nothing concrete so for it. Many. Yeah, and so that's what I think is really crazy. And one of the things with Walters is he has specific um, times when he landed, where he landed. It's it reminds me of Enumclaw, which is in Washington, but it's not. It's Cell Elum. It's a town, like a small little oh, yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. And so he said he landed there. He gave descriptions of who he came across at a a cafe and, like, a trucker. And people saw this guy in a suit. He said he wore long johns under his outfit. And um, they even found, apparently, the niece found this trucker. And he had the same story as Walter. And Walter's dead at this time. And so they have very similar stories of that, um, his tape confessions. So, so, go ahead. So he has these taped confessions, but no one does anything with them while he's still alive. It's not till he's dead that his friends yeah. like, "Oh, I can give these out now." Yeah. God, I feel like if I was sitting on that info, I'd be like, "It's on, guys." But you just said you're not an arc. I said for my sister, I'm not. An what arc. about me? Well, I'm like a sister. Well. <laughs> so now I guess it all comes full circle. I probably would. <laughs> Probably be like, bro, you're literally like the most famous hijacking case, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Like, well, they have uh, there were so many of these suspects weren't real suspects because when they found out that they could still be charged for this, like they can still be charged. There was issues with, uh, yes, they had to change. The statute of limitations. So the statute of limitations was for the hijacking. Yeah. But they had to change it to something else. Like there was a... that it didn't expire. Yeah. Like plain piracy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like people could still be charged if they've had the evidence for it to be opened. Also, isn't it weird that there's a statute of limitations on hijacking? Yeah. uh, I mean, that's like... I don't even think... Why is there statute of limitations on things? You did a bad thing, so... Right. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. So that one was really interesting to me because the press conference and everything and and the the data that they had for like these stories being confirmed with other people in the town. So that one was really interesting to me. Um, Then I have one more. 
And this one, they don't have too much evidence on outside of this, but it's just interesting to me. His name's William J. Smith, and this was November of 2008. The Oregonian published an article that identified William as D.B. Cooper. Okay, so the Oregonian posted this article because a U.S. Army data analyst um, sent findings into the FBI in 2008 that was trying to connect William to this. I didn't go into the details of that too much. Yeah, because it was just like this analyst on some details back from like a book in the 70s or the 80s, and just like there's so much. But um, anyways, again, he's a a World War II vet and was part of naval aviation. He would have been 43 at the time of the hijacking. Yeah, and so... um, he was also, they, what's interesting is with William, they showed a little more of um, reason why he'd do this. Like his agenda mm-hmm. was hit by, it was called the Penn Central bankruptcy and in, the, in 1970, and it was the largest bankruptcy in U.S. history at the time. And so he needed money. Mm-hmm. He had no pension and things like that. And in his high school yearbook, they showed alumni of people who had passed away in World War II who were killed in action and mm-hmm. things like that. And there was a alumni called Ira Daniel Cooper, which I think is really interesting. That actually is really interesting. And, and so um, that's really all they have. There was no FBI response on it besides, like, we can't comment on any of these suspects. Right. There's no yeah. con... No. So there was 800 suspects. Oh! And there was only 24 they couldn't clear. That's the thing. It's like they really, even the ones that they have a lot of data with, or a lot of evidence, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because you're like, it could be any of them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I thought was really interesting when I was reading it is there's like a Canadian comic book of a parachuter called Dan Cooper. Mm. And so it's like this... It's a name for a parachuter. So it could have been someone really interested in it. So anyways, I just think that's really crazy. How many suspects there are, just the total conspiracies for everything on this. Um, So I'm going to ask you, what do you think, make up Sam's profile of Dan Cooper (laughs) and um, who, who he is and if he is alive, if he survived it, or if he died? So, I think I am really on the Richard Floyd McCoy bandwagon. Mm-hmm. He also looked exa- like almost exactly I think he like looked a lot like the, him. The um, like artist rendering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't 100% believe the people that admitted to it. I feel like the people that admitted to it, either on their deathbed or yeah. a story they're telling people, either maybe knew the person yeah. or knew more, knew an FBI person that could tell them more details. Like, yeah. I don't. Especially the guy that wrote in the notations of the book. It's like... Yes. It's I feel like, like he no. was, like, obsessed with that. Yeah, he was more obsessed and learned everything he mm-hmm. could and just wanted it to be his life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't really... Honestly, I don't know. I know that the FBI 50% believes that he died jumping out of that yeah. plane. Because of where he jumped out, it had to have been in a wooded area. The yeah. weather was terrible that night. He was not in proper clothing, although, once again, we don't really know. But, yeah, it's, yeah, that's my, I think, 
I don't know. And then another theory that I was kind of, I agreed with though, was that he was a Boeing employee. Which that I would make sense. Fits the one guy we talked about. Yeah. Um, either an engineer or like a manager. Mm-hmm. But I think he died, man. Okay, you're going. I don't think he survived, and I think I think uh, Richard Floyd really, honestly, copycatted him, mm-hmm. or is him, and died in the. I love that he died in the shootout. Yeah, like I just that's who I want my DP Cooper to be. Mm-hmm. I either want him to have died in whatever he can go away, or I want it to be Richard Floyd McCoy who died in a shootout with the FBI. You mean it's not Burt Reynolds living in the woods? Oh my God! But he, oh yes, I, <laughs> that's I, without a doubt. I okay, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I think he knew what he was doing to mm-hmm. a point, or was just very arrogant. I but I do think he knew what he was doing. I do too. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he probably had some warm attire. If I had to pick, I think he died because the parachute he used didn't have a way to steer, yeah. and I think that they were completely off on where they had to look for it. Mm-hmm. Like, look for him. Like, I think that the FBI had the wrong area of where they were searching. Mm-hmm. It was like a 28-mile radius that they decided to search. I think they were off by that. Um, and if he died, the money would have died with him. And I could see that, like, up in the woods somewhere where, like, no one would ever find him. And then, who knows, maybe years and years later, someone finds bones and maybe some remains of money or something. Yeah. Because I'm like, if he survived he'd spend that money and I feel like he'd be in Mexico spending that money where it wouldn't have been tracked to that spot right. or something. You know what if I mean? He like he survived, he's not hanging out here yeah. living his life like an old army vet. Like no, he's... he wanted to go to Mexico city mm-hmm. and they said, we can go to Reno cause we don't have enough gas mm-hmm. to go to Mexico city. And so like, I think he'd be in Me- living it up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Now my favorite suspect is actually, um, Richard, not Richard McCoy. I'm sorry. It's Walter Recca. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's someone now that they were doing a documentary about. I think, so it's either Walter or William. I think it might be Walter. Because those two were the 2008 ones. Okay, and yeah. out of all of them I've heard, those have had like some really interesting yeah. um, facts okay. to back it. I'm picking Walter because um, if it's true what they said about him, where he landed and how they found uh, witnesses in that town to remember this night in the cafe, that then I'm like, that's just corroborating right. I, his yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's BS. You know, it's online. So. <laughs> Do we have a picture of young Walter Recca? No, it's only I, the old one. I only saw his old photo. Yeah, like old guy. But I could see some little rat face similarities. Yeah. Because, let's face it, you guys, D.B. Cooper was a little rat-faced. Yeah. I think he's dead, though. I, yeah. I think he's dead because I would spend that damn money. <laughs> I'd spend the money. But, but what about the money that they found on the river? Well, maybe he needed to drop it maybe if he, he survived. Some, yeah. Or uh-huh. he died and it ended up, because they said it ended up in the river and it was in some kind of mud bank and then washed up just later. Washed up. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why I think he died. I think he died. I think he died, yeah. Because, not just because of the weather, but if you're in a parachute that has no way of real direction and... But they never found his body. Well, Did I don't they? think they searched the right area. Okay, that makes sense. Think about in the woods all, all up in here. But you would still find a parachute and a body at some point. 45 years later, it's still going to be there. Maybe. Oh, who knows? Oh, he got eaten by bears. I know. We've been like a wound. 
Oh, he probably was bleeding mm-hmm. all over Smell. the bears. Smell, yeah. It. Got eaten by cougars and bears. Cougars. Cougars. <sighs> they did find, um, out in the woods somewhere, they did find some, like, parachuting materials. Oh, okay. At some point, years and years ago. But they kind of determined that this wasn't the same parachute. Yeah, so that's the thing is they won't open this case. They think they need, like, heart, they need a body and money to show that he's dead. And if he didn't die, they need hard evidence that that money, like, the serial numbers are there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they need this, like, evidence because there's too many people, like you said, 24 people that they couldn't clear. Mm-hmm. 24 people, yeah. <laughs> yep. And we only talked about, what, six? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's kind of amazing is I love the conspiracies with this. And if he did survive, I think it's awesome because he pulled off one of the most, like, known hijackings where he, like, was just probably an everyday guy with tough luck from war. And Right. But I also love that he could have died and they still can't figure out. I know. Like, he pulled off a massive heist. LOL, you yeah. can't find me. Exactly. Me. Exactly. So, um, $200,000 in 1971 is equivalent to $1,240,000 now. Not too shabby. I yeah. couldn't, I, like, I could pay my student loans off with that <laughs> in my like, house. I could, like, buy a house and live for a couple of years on that. It's not like a ton of money. I'd it still is, work. I'm sorry, you guys, that is a ton of money. But I'd still work. It's but not it's like not, retirement it's money. Not retirement money. That's why it's kind of interesting that he didn't ask for an exorbitant amount of money. But he was in his 40s. So he doesn't have to live much longer. Yeah. Well, and he died in the parachute. Because we think, yeah, we think the 40s are the end a, of our life, right? Right. We're still in our 30s. <laughs> he died in an FBI shootout anyway, so who cares? <laughs> But that could be why he decided to try it again yeah. if it was Richard Floyd McCoy. That's what I'm thinking. It worked out. Because he's like, oh, well, they gave me 200000 last time. If I asked for 500000 this time, yeah. guess what, buddy? You did. So anyways, let us know what you think. Um, if you are loving our podcast, too, rate us because that helps us, too. Maybe we could get a producer to fact check us. <laughs> We need a producer to work for free to fuck. I know, right? And like sponsorship with Pretty Litter because I totally bought that from because of Small Town Dicks. I know. Which I love Pretty Litter and this is not sponsored, but I love it for my kitty. Yeah. What are you listening to right now? Speaking of podcasts. Oh, I just listened to Over My Dead Body. Oh, I have that on my list. Yeah. It's the one where they think the family um, murdered like... They were, it was a messy divorce case and that the brother and mom hired someone to murder the mm-hmm. husband, but it was just like out of the blue. And I think it's from like, uh, the producers who do Dr. Death and Dirty John. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Um, I'm currently listening to Root of Evil. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Um, I need Sandy to listen Sister to that. Joe actually told me that I had to listen to it and I actually, I need to catch up. I have mm-hmm. one episode left to watch. Um, and there's also the TNT show. Starring Chris Pine. I need to watch yeah, that. We and, tried to, and I just didn't. Yeah, so I need to watch that. Um, but Root of Evil is so good. It's so messed up, but they, oh, it's. That's about the back, Black Dahlia. It's the Black Dahlia and the guy who, I mean, once again, Black Dahlia is great because it's like, you know, just like this, there's so many theories. Yeah. And they're never going to solve it. Yeah. But this guy, he had to have been the Black Dahlia murderer. Like, he was, everything about it matches, but he just never. Zodiac 2 is another one. I love Zodiac. That's a crazy one. Um, so that's what I'm listening to right now. Sweet. Yeah. 
Well, let us know what you're listening to, people, or if there's a specific you should listen to. case in the Northwest we need to look at or something that's odd or weird. Um, let us know. If you have any questions or you want to correct us, also let us know. <laughs> Be our producer. Yeah. Uh, fact check. Uh, catch us on Twitter and mm-hmm. just yell at us on Twitter and or Instagram or, you know, text message because yeah. y'all got my number. I know. It's our friends who are listening yes, at this moment. Thank you. Thank you for listening. But appreciate it. Do we get it? Do we go over everything? I think so. Everything on the head here. We're good on our Dan Cooper, DB Cooper. Yep. Pooper, Scooper. Cooper, Scooper. DB Cooper, the number one Pooper, Scooper. (laughs) Brought to you by Pretty Little. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.